This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host once again, Mo Stewart. I've brought with me James Martin and Matt Addison. And we like to take one of the big stories of the day and maybe take a little bit of a sideways glance at it, maybe do things a little bit differently. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, This is off the back of the news that Manchester City may well be back in trouble with their FFP. Extrapolating that a little bit further, we looked at the fact that this might mean there's sanctions against Man City. It might mean that there's historical sanctions. I think you know where I'm going with this. It might mean that Liverpool end up with a few more titles than we currently have at the moment. So the idea of rewriting history, being able to go back and maybe fix some previous mistakes is the hook of this show. James, Matt, James, I'll start with you first. Are you excited about the idea of maybe righting some wrongs of Liverpool's recent past? I know that some of these have irked me for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I I love the format you've come up with here, mate. I'm looking forward to to going through and um, doing a bit of alternate history. Now, this isn't... We're not picking with impunity here, Matt. Now... All of the options I'm going to give you, the way it's going to work, each of the seasons since that moment of 13-14, that's going to be the big bang for this kind of thing. Each season since then, there's three different things that have happened and I'm going to give you the chance to change them or to rewrite them. Now, whichever one of those three you choose, there will be consequences because we are playing this game as if it were real life. It's like an adventure game. And whereby you have to take that information and move on to the next phase. And at the end of each season, I'm going to ask you to give me an honest assessment of how you think your changes will affect the team. And then by the time we get through, you'll have made probably different decisions at different points. And we'll see where we are when we come back to the present day. And once we get to that point, all of our viewers and listeners here can make their own decisions on which ones they would choose. So, Matt, there are consequences but it is still an exciting prospect, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a, an interesting way of, of looking at things, isn't it? It's uh, a completely new concept that I've not seen done before. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many of our choices are the same. Me and James do have a tendency to go for the same thing on these podcasts, don't we? But uh, hopefully we do sort of swap it up a, a little bit today. Well, I think there are going to be some that are more popular than others, for sure. But... Again, like I say, we have to take into example into account all of the potential consequences. So something that may seem really, really, really obvious, we have to do that. You never know. You might decide that it's not worth it after all. But anyway, let's get into it, shall we? So the first season we're going to discuss is the 14-15 season. And we're going to be starting from the summer transfer window because that's going to play a lot of part in a lot of these decisions. And the three choices you have from that 14-15 season, you can make it so Luis Suarez signs a new deal, not just doesn't leave, signs a new deal. That's option one. Option two, you could secure Daniel Sturridge injury-free for the entire season. Or option three, you sell Luis Suarez and we actually do sign Alexis Sanchez, which was apparently our first choice. Now, whichever one you choose to change, the other two will still happen. So if Suarez signs a new deal, Sturridge is still injured. 
if um, if Alexis Sanchez signs Sturridge is still injured, you get the point. So, James, just in your first initial gut feelings, which one are you siding with? Um, so potentially controversial because I think a lot of people would jump to the Suarez one, but I think I would go with Sturridge, um, a full injury-free season of Sturridge. I think it's so underrated the part he played in that previous season, 13-14. Obviously, it was the Suarez campaign in the sense that I think it's still the best individual season I've ever witnessed in the Premier League. But I don't think it would have been had he not had Sturridge as that kind of foil, the, the second mm -hmm. member of the duo. Uh, and it's forgotten as well that Suarez missed the first few games of that 13-14 campaign and Sturridge carried us to, I think, four 1-0 wins in a row. Um, so he showed he could still deliver without Suarez. So yeah, the, the biggest part I would say of the the mini collapse, if you if you like, mm. in fourteen fifteen was 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 Sturridge's problems more than anything else, in my view. So yeah, injury free Sturridge for me. See, that's an interesting point because, like you say, most people wouldn't normally go straight for Suarez, but I think in that interim period, I think it was having neither Suarez or Sturridge that made it such a big deal, and there was so much upheaval and, and turnaround. So. Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to allow you that initial one. Matt, where are your initial ideas leaning you towards? I completely get the, the storage thing. Um, I think, you know, he he was, you know, a world-class player, one of the, 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 the real top players for a short period. And it's it's a real shame about his injuries. But for me, he's not quite as good as, as Luis Suarez. I think I'm going to go for the obvious one of if you if we're saying that you know one or one or the other had to be there and it was kind of the demise came about as a result of neither of them being there i think if you had to pick one to, to drag a team forward and that liverpool team very much needed dragging forward i think uh, i think luis suarez is is the obvious choice i think that there's obviously a huge merit for, for daniel storage as i say he was absolutely unbelievable that season i think you know right up there as as one of the best strikers in the world at that moment in time but Luis Suarez was just that little bit extra that little bit more and I think if Liverpool could have kept him for, for that season it, it would have solved a lot of problems almost in a similar way to, to what Steven Gerrard used to do in just dragging them over the line getting yeah. them goals making everyone around him better I think Daniel Sturridge was brilliant in his own right but he didn't quite have that ability I don't think Okay, these are both really, really reasonable initial statements. Allow me to throw my spanner into both of your works now. So, consequences. James, I'll start with you. These consequences aren't always necessarily bad. Sometimes they're good slash bad. But one thing that does happen in this season, the storage is able to show what you can really do, is that he gets a really good partnership going with Raheem Sterling, who's still at the club very, very close with him. They become very much like a big brother, little brother duo. Lots of speculation begins about Manchester City bringing him home. He was obviously a youth product for them, very much like we've seen in past times with Jadon Sancho. And the result of this is that at the end of that season, Man City don't just try to bid for Raheem Sterling, they bid for both of them. So there's a mammoth bid for Manchester City for Sterling and Sturridge. That's the dilemma you have to deal with at the end of this season. I'll let you think on that for a little while. Matt, now the dilemma with the Suarez deal, as James mentioned, um, bans, the thing with Chiellini still happens in the World Cup. And so he is banned for Liverpool for quite a considerable start of that season. 
which means that there's a lot of upheaval. We can't rely on him. Obviously, Sturridge is still injured. Obviously, this does mean that maybe one of Balotelli and or Lambert doesn't come in if he's staying and signing a new deal. I think we can allow you Balotelli simply because, you know, I'm being kind here. <laughs> but the problem is Liverpool aren't able to have him on the pitch at the time. We've won the title. Obviously, we are still league champions because that has happened. And there's lots of pressure on. The Barcelona noises haven't gone away. He's still got family there. It becomes a little bit more of um, an antagonistic figure around the squad, around the, the camp, I think it's fair to say. So those are the problems you both have to deal with. Are either of you wanting to change your mind now based on those consequences? No, I'm not. And purely for the reason is that I think at some point that iteration of Liverpool would have lost Luis Suarez. But if you can keep him for an extra season, I think he's just, he's he's giving that much extra to the team. It's it's worth sort of having that fuss around him, even if it's just for, for one season where Barcelona are still there. They're still interested. They still want him a summer later. If I can delay that for as long as possible, <laughs> that massively massively changes things for Liverpool. So, yeah, it causes a fuss, but I think he probably scores another 30 goals that season and it looks a very different season to, to without him, certainly. James, how about you? Yeah, well, I'm not liking the sound of this double bid, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tricky one because obviously I, I agree with most of what Matt said about Suarez. I, I would still say that he's the better player out of peak Suarez and peak Sturridge. It was just... I was also wary of of your consequences. I could see that coming, that Suarez might be off in the near future anyway. So, but yeah, if, if you're saying Sturridge might be off as well, then then that does take away one of the main reasons for, for picking an injury-free Sturridge over an extra year of Suarez. Mm. So unless Liverpool are able to fend off that that City bid, then I, I think I might be be tempted to, to, to switch on to the Suarez side. Ooh, well... <laughs> I mean, obviously, that part of the history is still up in the air. It's up to you. Because we're allowing you to be kind of part John Henry and part God, because some of these <laughs> things we can't really control. So I'm allowing you a little bit of leeway on that one. But if you want to say that we are turning down those bids and we are going to convince those players that we can think, make them happy and make their dreams come true at Liverpool, I'll allow you the chance to do that. Oh, excellent. It's the, it's the new SAS. It's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's all falling into place. Okay, so final question for this season. Based on the changes you've made and the, the, the changes that that precipitates, how do you think Liverpool do at the end of this 14-15 season? Where do you think they come in the league and do they win a trophy? Um, James, I'll start with you. Um, so it was in that era where... Klopp still, well not Klopp, sorry, where Liverpool still seem to kind of take the Cups more seriously than they have done since since Klopp's come in, in terms of the domestic competitions. So I think I think they'd have gone hard in those in those competitions. And yeah, I think they'd have they'd have won the FA Cup on the way to a solid third place finish, secures Champions League with a fit fit Sturridge and Sterling as a as a front two on, under Rogers at the time. I think they'd the new peak of the diamond, new tip of the diamond. Five. Mm. It's that's enough to get top four. And yeah, I think picking up a trophy along the way. So pretty good season, certainly oh. compared to what actually happened. 
<laughs> yeah, I think most of us would have signed up for that, to be really honest. Um, Matt, what about you? Uh, are you thinking that Luis Suarez helps us retain the title, even though he misses a large chunk of the season? No, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think Champions League would have been realistic. I don't think, don't think the Premier League title necessarily would have been. But I'm with James. I think the, the Cups are something that we we did tend to see Luis Suarez play a lot, even in the earlier rounds of the Cups. So I think that would have uh, that would have been interesting. And uh, yeah, I think a, a top four finish, an FA Cup here or there, or a League mm. Cup possibly. I mean, it's not a bad way for him to, to leave for Barcelona 12 months later, is it? <laughs> Well, yeah, he's got a few trophies in his cabinet. He can leave by that point. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, we're moving on to the next season, 15-16 season. Now, obviously, this one is quite contentious because there's something rather large that happens in the middle of this season that maybe wouldn't have happened if we had the chance to rewrite history in the first place. So, I'm not going to give you... Liverpool don't sack Jurgen, uh, don't sack Brendan Rodgers as an option within the three options, but I am going to allow you to do it if you think that you would still do it in the circumstances. Given, like as you said, the finishes that you've just said, but the kicker is it happens in the summer. It doesn't happen when it happens. Now, that means that you maybe have to work harder to make Klopp come off his sabbatical earlier, if it's Klopp that you're after, or you're happy to roll the dice with Brendan Rodgers and continue along this road. But this is it. This is your chance for Klopp, because if you don't pick Klopp, then someone else definitely will. So, (laughs) with all that said, James, after your successful FA Cup winning season, I mean, it wasn't enough to save Kenny Dalglish. Is it enough to save Brendan Rodgers? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in hindsight, obviously, you'd bring Klopp in anyway. But I have to be honest, at the time, if he's got Champions League and won a cup, it's going to be difficult to sack him in the summer. I, I, I don't think any significant number of people would have been calling for his head in those circumstances. Mm. And yeah, if I, if I were the board, again, it's so tricky because of what we know now, but if I were the board trying to honestly put myself in that situation at the time, no, I, I can't say, I can't say I'd be showing Rogers the door. I, I, I just can't say it. Well, I appreciate the integrity of your answer, James, honestly. But I have to say, it's going to make things difficult. <laughs> Matt, what are you saying? Yeah, no, I'm the same. I think um, not not just the fact that, obviously, in, in my reality, he's got a cup and he's got the Champions League, so you can't, you can't sack him. But also the fact that, as you say, Jurgen Klopp was still on that sabbatical at that point. I know it's only a couple of months after the summer, isn't it? The, the, the change obviously takes place in, in October. But I think it, it would have been difficult to, to convince Jurgen Klopp at that moment in time. I wonder if Jurgen Klopp's sabbatical goes on for, for the rest of that season and Liverpool don't come calling. Is there a chance maybe the following summer Jurgen Klopp could come in? Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, it's, it's up to you. If, if at any point in the future the changes that you decide to make don't work, or maybe they work a little bit too well, perhaps, and someone else comes in, maybe a bigger club, bigger club tries to poach Brendan Rodgers, 
then you can then we could maybe we could talk about that in the future. But anyway, so you both stuck with Brendan going into 1516. I like the sound of that. So here are your three options of things to rewrite. Number one, Raheem Sterling signs a new deal, stays at the club, does not move to Manchester City, and where he moves, I feel is quite important in this. Option two, Liverpool win the Europa League and with it, Champions League qualification. Or option three, Liverpool don't sign Christian Benteke and instead spend the money on one of the other three forwards that we were heavily linked with that summer, Alexander Lacazette, Edison Cavani, or Jackson Martinez. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of leeway between the three of those, but what I will be saying is, is that you will have to predict how you feel any of those three would fit in with the system we had and the manager that you still have. So, just off the first impressions of those three options, Matt, which one do you think is the most enticing? Well, I'll say the least enticing is uh, the Benteke, Lacazette, Cavani, Martinez thing. Um, I don't think that would have made as much of a difference as the other two. The Europa League one's an interesting one because the only way that Liverpool, in my reality, could win the Europa League is to finish third in the Champions League group and then <laughs> go through it that way. Um, so that's going to be a bit more of a tricky one. Um, Raheem Sterling is is one that I think sticks out to me out of, of the three of those. I think I, I've always sort of wondered how Liverpool would look with Jurgen Klopp. And I, I know in my reality, Jurgen Klopp isn't there yet, but he might be very shortly. Um, I, I always wonder sort of what would have happened with, with Sterling and Klopp. Again, that will have knock-on effects further down the line because of Mane and Salah and all the rest of it. But I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling signs a new Liverpool contract. I like it. I like it. James, which one is, is tickling your fancy at the moment? Well, what you've got to understand is that I'm doing everything I can to forge a reality where Alberto Moreno goes down as a Liverpool legend. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so purely on that basis, we have to win the Europa League. Okay. Well, I like the sounds of that. Are both good options. Uh, James, I'll start with you first. There might be an issue with that. It depends on how much of an issue you you want to call it, though. But after winning a European trophy and the Premier League in the space of two seasons, three seasons, Brendan Rodgers wants a new deal. Big money new deal. Lots of years new deal. And also a bit more autonomy when it comes to deciding who comes in and who doesn't. Now, we have the benefit of hindsight to know that some of the times when he went up against the transfer committee, let's say maybe he didn't make the best choice. So you have to have that in mind. But also you have to wonder whether or not some of his insecurities around his position played into that. So you've got to decide, is this manager your guy for the future? That's if you end up picking this one. Now, with the Raheem Sterling deal, Matt, you kind of flagged up a little bit of a problem earlier. That does mean that there is one less space to come in. And obviously, um, Sadio Mane was the one who was signed first, so he's probably the one it would influence most. But there is also the issue of the fact that there is less funds in the transfer kitty at that point. So when you have a situation where you've got a manager who you've backed, who absolutely wants to sign Benteke, 
and a transfer committee who you think is the future as the, as the head of the business, and they're telling you that Roberto Firmino is the best guy. You're going to have to make that decision. Who are you putting your faith in? Are you putting your faith in this manager who, let's not forget, has won a Premier League trophy not long ago? Or are you trusting these committee guys and potentially upsetting said manager? Well, um, given the fact that in my reality, he's just won the Premier League title, he's won an FA Cup, he's kept Luis Suarez for an additional season, I think you have to give him a little bit of leeway in the transfer <laughs> window. Um, so he gets his way on this occasion. But um, as I alluded to a little bit earlier on, it doesn't necessarily go particularly well for him. And Jurgen Klopp is waiting. Wait, you've played a blinder here, haven't you? You've allowed him to splurge on Benteke in order to get rid of him and bring in Klopp. See? <laughs> this... I mean, forty chess. I, I have to say, I'm impressed. Genuinely, <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> James, if you've got anything on that level, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Wait till you see what I've got on my sleeve. So, as Matt has mentioned, the only reason we're in the Europa League is because of the third place finish in the Champions League group. Because I also said we qualified for the Champions League, so yes. that's disappointing. FSG already at this point are sounding out Jurgen Klopp on his sabbatical because they're thinking this isn't the season's not going how he hoped. We're out of the Champions League. And so they sound him out. There's, he's making positive noises. He's thinking, yeah, this is a good fit for me, good club fit. We, we wait to see how the season plays out. And obviously it ends on a high with that Europa League victory. Alberto Moreno's the hero. Happy days. But then that's when Rodgers comes along. As you say, he's trying to push for all of this autonomy. He wants a big bumper new contract. And FSG, those doubts are still in the back of their mind after that disappointing Champions League campaign. And yeah, they think, no, we're playing hardball here. We're not giving you what you want with Klopp in the wings. The change is made. Wow. Wow. I mean, I feel like those are both things that could actually happen in real life as well. It's not just mental gymnastics to get the guy you want. So I, as I say, I'm genuinely impressed. And I agree with you. I do think that the Benteke was a bit of a red herring. It was a bit of a lightning rod for all that went wrong when the reality is, is that I don't think like you, Matt, there were other things that needed changing. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So we move on 12 months. You both nicely both managed to get your cop <laughs> in the seat. Kudos on that one. So here are your three choices for the 16-17 season. Choice number one, Sadio Mane does not miss January, does not need to go to the African Cup of Nations whether that's because they've made it in the summer or because he suddenly no longer is African, I'll leave it up to you. The point is, he's not having to leave. He's staying there the whole time. That's option one. Option two, Liverpool managed to beat Southampton and win the League Cup. Now, this one's a lot more enticing if you haven't won a trophy the last season, as one of you hasn't. We'll see how you feel about the other one. And option three... Again, it's another one of those where the transfer targets of the summer that were much mooted and didn't end up going, you get a chance to go for one of those. And with these three, it's Isco, Pietro Zielinski, or Ben Chilwell. Now, these were all three players that we were linked with heavily in that summer. We didn't sign any of them. But I'm giving you the chance to put one of them in that team that you currently have as it stands. I feel like this is all a foregone conclusion and I know what you're both going to pick. But let's go with it anyway. James, what are you picking? 
Well, it's interesting you say that because I think it's one of the harder sets you've given me is purely because none of them jump out as like massively influential. It's not it's not one of the seasons where there was an obvious kind of turning point like this. It's the thing that went wrong. So I think it's harder to set the, the hypothetical. Um, obviously, I don't want Chilwell because that will ruin um, Alberto Moreno's burgeoning Liverpool career. <laughs> uh, so, so that's not going to happen. But um, I, I think maybe maybe Mane in January, um, just try and keep that momentum up from the season. They definitely caused a little bit of a drop off. And yeah, if, if we could have him throughout the whole season, I think that campaign probably goes a little bit better. Interesting. My, I, I, you look like you're nodding along with that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Isco don't really need him the way that Liverpool have, have played. They've got other players who can play that position. Not really massively fussed about him. Peter Zielinski, I think, is a really good player, but he's probably going to do the, the sort of Gini Wijnaldum type role that Wijnaldum comes in and is moulded into. They've got Wijnaldum anyway. And Chilwell again, uh, not Moreno, but uh, Andy <laughs> Robertson. Obviously, I'm, I've got him in the, the back of my mind for the future. Um, in terms of the EFL Cup, you, you sort of mentioned that I'd not picked Liverpool to win the Europa League. And the EFL Cup, I think, for, for me, is it's fine if you, if you win it, but it's not a massive thing. Um, I know, obviously, before Liverpool won the Champions League, there was this kind of, is Jurgen Klopp getting to finals and not managing to win them type attitude? But I don't think that, you know, well, the fact that they won the Champions League and have since won the Premier League does suggest that that probably wasn't true. So I'm not going to not gonna be too fussed about that. And uh, that obviously leaves Sadio Mane not to, to miss January, which, again, obviously at that time, there's no Mohamed Salah. There's no sort of other options for, for Liverpool to turn to. Um, very much a, a talismanic figure at that moment in time. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I, in fact, in my alternative reality, we've got Raheem Sterling, haven't we? But... Uh, Anyway, never, <laughs> ne- never mind. Ster- Sterling and Mane can uh, can be either side. Well, you have kind of highlighted the issue because there was one timeline in which Sterling was still around and in your timeline, that is it, Matt. Now, Liverpool, in the period where Mane was away, took two points from nine. They did also lose his first game back against Hull. Maybe he was a bit jet-lagged. So I'll give you those extra 10 points from two of those 12 games as opposed to two points in 12. Now, all that really does is take him from fourth into third place in the table. He's still well, technically joined second, but a long time, a long way behind Spurs in terms of goal difference. So it's not really having a massive effect in the league. But as you say, in terms of the feel-good factor, in terms of the this is the team that we have got, it very much does. However, what that also does is it means that we aren't looking for someone like Mo Salah. We are more looking for someone like Julian Brandt, who plays more centrally. And Mo Salah is no longer a £36 million pounds, um, uh, worthwhile purchase. It's someone who's more of a luxury. We're looking elsewhere. So he comes a lot lower down on our pecking order. And if you remember... Absolutely nobody thought he was going to be the most salad that we've got. So once he comes further down our priority list, there's a big chance he's off that list altogether. Now, obviously, for you, James, it's a little bit different. You don't still have Sterling in your reality. But the fact remains, Sadio Mane is, let's face it, when Salah came in, 
Sadio Mane moved from his position that he was playing the previous season to the other side to accommodate Mo Salah. Now, the Sadio Mane, who's been the talismanic figure, who's driven Liverpool to a better season this season, is he going to accept that? Is he going to make it easy for the new guy coming in? I'm not sure he will. So these are the issues that you have to deal with. I feel like none of them are going to be enough to make you change, but I'm going to give you the option, should you want to change? Do you want to change at any point? No? No. No, I'm going to going to pray that Sturridge is still injury-free by yeah. this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's still, he's still, he's still got some... Still got some good years in him. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. Okay. All right. So how do you think this iteration of Liverpool does at the end of the season? As I said, technically, they only get 10 more points. Do you think that having Mane would actually get them closer to the league title? Or do you think it was just a case of it being a better season? Yeah, I think it's probably still just a better season rather than a full-on title push. We have to remember this is... Klopp's first season in our reality. It's not even his first full season. It's it's just the first campaign he's had. So mm-hmm. any kind of any kind of top four finish is a good is a good building block. Uh, and the higher up the table you get, the the better, of course. So yeah, with those extra ten points, it's more of a foundational season. Good thing to push off from for hopefully future successes. But no, I don't think there's a league challenge, and I don't think there's necessarily any silverware. Hmm. Okay. Well, as I say, what those things have done is they've thrown the likes of Mo Salah into more doubt. What it hasn't done is taken him completely off the table. So if you think that you can add him in to that team and that Sadio will be fine moving aside, he seems like that kind of character, then we'll allow that to go on. But I think that... I'll just jump in and say, I think in terms of, of Salah, I mean... I think Jurgen Klopp had to be convinced on Mohamed Salah, didn't he? It was more sort of the recruitment team and, and that sort of thing that were were really interested in him. But let's let's say, for example, that Liverpool did have Sterling and Mane at that time, and obviously Coutinho is still there at that moment. I still think there is space for for one more, and I think the recruitment team noticed something at that time that obviously nobody else had. Jurgen Klopp hadn't, and managed to to sort of convince him that he needed another one. So I don't think it would necessarily have stopped it. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not like there was anybody else in for Mohamed Salah that summer. It was either he would come to Liverpool or he would just stay where he was at Roma. So I still think it's it's less likely, but it's not off the table. Okay. You're right about there wasn't that many other teams in for him. So I'll give you that extra bit of leeway. Now, we are going through this, this is, as I said at the beginning, this is a brand new format, so we're basically finding it out ourselves. So time-wise, I think we're going to go with one more year in this one, and then we'll go into a part two where we'll discover exactly a little bit more up-to-date how it works out. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So the final year I'm going to give you, and a really good one to end with, if I may say so myself, the 17-18 season. Now, for most of you, that will be popped by one very large, bad image at the end of the season. But let's see how you do with these three options. The first one is the obvious option. Liverpool beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final in Kiev and become European champions. I don't care how we do it. You can have everything that happens up to that point the same 
and then maybe Milner comes off the bench, scores a hat-trick, and we win 4-3. You can do it that way if you want. You can do it so the carrier stuff never happens, and that we just have a nice, serene victory. It doesn't matter. Although, let's face it, that doesn't sound very Liverpool, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Option two. Now, we mentioned uh, Philip Coutinho. Now, in our reality, he leaves halfway through this season. Now, in the reality I'm giving you is the chance for him to still be there at the end of the season. So, therefore, he will still be available for selection for that game in Kiev. Now, you feel like, if you feel like that decision alone may be enough to influence the other one and you feel like you can get two with one, so be it. Third option is a one that I haven't really gone into so much so far in this game, but it's more about our rivals and taking away something that they did do. So we give you the option to kill one of these Manchester City signings, either Edison, Bernardo Silva, or Emmerich Laporte. Three players they signed over the course of that season. Uh, three players have gone on to be very important and influential at different times in Man City's dominance of the Premier League era. So you can have the opportunity to take one of those key pieces away or you can keep Coutinho to the end of the season. I'm saying to the end of the season because obviously we know the benefits that came from selling Coutinho and I feel like both of you are probably going to want to keep those benefits. So we're saying to the end of the season, this is purely how he influences us in this season. Or you can do away with all that and just give us the Champions League trophy. Matt, which one are you picking? I'm going to go for for the Champions League one. I think the, the Coutinho one is tempting because I think, let's say that you lose Mohamed Salah in the Champions League final and you've still got, you know, Coutinho there to, to come on or, I mean, he would be on the pitch anyway, wouldn't he? But, you know, to, to have that attacking outlet, I think would have been important. But I would suggest that probably Barcelona, even as daft as Barcelona are in the transfer market, you probably wouldn't have got 143 million for him at the end of the season, maybe compared to, to the start. I don't know quite you know, exactly mm. how that was, but I think the fact that they were so desperate, they were in January, they really wanted to, to get him in. I think that sort of tempted it. And obviously Coutinho at that point had kind of gone on a little bit of a strike, pretended to have a back injury and so mm. on and so forth. So I think uh, Coutinho kind of leaving was at the right time for, for those reasons as well as, as the obvious ones. Manchester City not signing of, of those three. I think Edison would be would be the one that I'd pick. Again, that would have been tempting. But I think for Liverpool to beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final, I know the obvious consequence of that would maybe be that Loris Karius wouldn't be replaced by Alisson. I don't necessarily think that that would be the case. I know all of all of the sort of talk around it was, you know, they, they kind of got to a, a point where they needed to, to sort of replace and, and move on. But I, I think that would have happened probably ultimately anyway, to be honest. I mean, you're getting pretty good at being able to predict what I'm going to say now. <laughs> I like this. I like, see, this, this is proof that this format is working. But as I say, the consequences will come in a little while. James, which one of these is your option? Yes, I won't preempt your consequences, but I, I am thinking along similar lines. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'd also have to go for the Champions League. The thing that you have to remember with the City one is if they didn't sign any one of those three players, they'd have signed someone almost as good. I mean, they have almost unlimited transfer funds. That's I mean, that's kind of how we started the show. But like, the, the fact of the matter is, 
if they didn't get one of them, they'd get another big name who would probably have been almost as transformative, if not, you know, equally. Um, it's tempting to say Bernardo Silva, just so I'd never have had to experience him in the Premier League because he's potentially my least <laughs> favourite player. But um, but no, I, I have to be a bit more logical and pick the Champions League. And you say I can do it however I want as well. So this means it's the big chance for Alberto Moreno to cement his European legacy <laughs> with Liverpool. You, you just know he's running through in the 90th minute to yeah. score a screamer to win it. Um, shirt off, into the crowd, instant legend status. He's I'm won us the Europa League. Big Danny Ings to come off the bench. <laughs> <and win it. laughs> you know what? Like, that would be that would be worth it. Like, all, forget everything else. Forget the consequences. I'm looking at play on you. That would definitely be worth it. I mean, can you just imagine... Albert Moreno, Champions League winner. I mean, if if, uh, if Divo Carigi's story was Albert Moreno's story, could you? I mean, I'd be here for that 100%. Okay, so here comes the hammer. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Matt, this does mean that Carius is going to be the number one in this reality because without that moment, you have to remember, up until that point, he had been slowly building his reputation and people were beginning to think maybe he was the guy. And then that one moment, well, two moments, changed it all forever. So that's the thing. that that That's unfortunately non-negotiable in this game. The other thing that happens from that, if Liverpool win that game, the other thing that has happened or does happen that summer that we've kind of not realised is Cristiano Ronaldo leaves Real Madrid that summer. And Real Madrid put a 2 Hundred million pound bid for Mo Salah, who we've had for just one season. The day after the final, the day after the final, Real Madrid are trying to big boy us by saying, "Yeah, you might have won the final. We're going to take your best player." Two hundred million pounds. Okay. Now, obviously, the other ones are less important because you haven't picked them, but. Part of the Coutinho reality was the fact that Neymar hadn't moved yet, which is why we were allowing that time to continue. So that means that Barcelona are still going to be looking for the, someone in that position as well. So unfortunately, they are also putting a bid for Salah, also for £200 million. Now, the Man City one, <clears throat> yes, they have the money to buy other keepers, but... Pep was so sure what he wanted from his keeper that he was going to be stubborn enough to allow Claudio Bravo to play another season, which, you know, would have been hilarious. Come on. <laughs> uh, with Bernardo Silva, his minutes would have gone to a very young Phil Foden and Brian Diaz. And then would, that would have either sunk or swum. We'll see. Maybe it would have been the making of them. Maybe it wouldn't and it would have ruined them and we wouldn't have to deal with Phil Foden now. And the third one, the Laporte, well, that just means we got to see more Stones and Otamendi. And, I mean, even maybe some Equilin Mangala thrown in for the for some good fight. Again, these are all comedy options, but you guys stood strong, and I, I, I appreciate that. So, now, bearing in mind, I'm not saying whether or not Liverpool are going to accept this bid, but this is a serious, this is not a paper Twitter talk, this is a serious from Lorenzo Perez to John Henry, sorry, Florentino Perez, to John Henry, 200 million pounds in his hand right there to do with what you want as European champions. 
Are any of you changing your mind? No, I, I can't strip Moreno of his moment. Like I've given it to him now. <laughs> you could have given me any consequences, so I'm not going back on that. <laughs> You've been sold on a dream. That's all it is now. <laughs> He's going to be captured by the end of this. <laughs> do I feel slightly bad for just like blitzing your format with my Moreno agenda? Maybe, but do I regret it? No. <laughs> Listen, you've got you've got to have a dream and stick to it. That's what this game is all about. It's fun. Matt, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm not 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 tempted to change really. I think I mean the the timing of this bid is interesting, isn't it? A, a day afterwards, I think Mohamed Salah is going to be so caught up with celebrations and hundreds of thousands of people lining the strand, making it even more busy than it is at the road uh, at the moment with the roadworks. Um, mm. I just think Mohamed Salah, even with that two hundred million pound bid, I, I just think w- would Mohamed Salah, after one season at Liverpool, having fired them to the Champions League, would he would he want to leave and go to Real Madrid then? I think there's 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 going to be a temptation at some point, but I just don't think it would happen after after that one season. Bearing in mind that in this reality, Sergio Ramos probably hasn't tried to break his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we can safely say that if that still happens, he's probably not going to want to go. <laughs> so okay, all right. Well, this this is all very interesting. So we're all set for a summer of. Uh, angst, I think it's fair to say, over go back and forward between the big boys in Madrid. I think you've both got Klopp in in situ. You've both got the European Cup, so those are some very good uh, parts of ammunition with which to fight off any bid from Real Madrid. But I, I, I can see that I can see this reality. I, I, I like this. I think so far you guys haven't ruined the club. With the <laughs> and um, yeah, I think. That's all we can really ask for. Now, those of you who've been listening along and been playing along and you've made your own choices, obviously, I've tried to give you as much of the consequences as potentially possible as well. So I'd like to hear from you in the comments of how you feel like you would have done over the course of those first four seasons, whether or not you would have made the manager change, which is a very important point. And then we'll reconvene back here for part two, where we will go into the present day the next three seasons. Boys, I cannot wait. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.